Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm great. You'll notice that the show this week began in English because we did very well in America this past week as far as the rankings numbers, according to the email I get. You've won our hearts back. (laughs) Way to go, America. You're really just doing it. It must be all Uh, protesting. (laughs) Everybody's just listening to This Week in Film. Matt, we have both watched the same movie this week. That is true. We have watched The Thing from 2011, directed by... What? (laughs) The timing's going great. Um, (laughs) Tell you what, I'll jump in with something else once you're done introducing it. Okay. Directed by Matthias Van Heldingen Jr. But he just went as Matthias Van Heldingen. Heldingen. Ningen. Instead of with the junior to stop people from being confused. Right. So we're going to do one of our our special deep dive episodes. It's been a long time since we did one of these. Yeah, what was the last one? Like Skyscraper? It was either Skyscraper or Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, man. I think it might have been so Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's been a long time. If you're unaware, we're just going to kind of talk about this one movie for the whole show. Okay. And, and then uh, we'll rank it and then we'll say goodbye and that'll be our day. But before we jump in, I have a correction to make from an episode two episodes ago, I think. Oh, okay. For no reason whatsoever, I referred to Clive Owen in Gemini Man as Negan from The Walking Dead. He's not. He's not at all. (laughs) That's a completely different guy. I don't know why I said it at all. There was no point during the movie that I thought he was him. But in her podcast, for some reason, I said, oh, yeah. And then Negan does such and such and such. And uh, no, no, no. Clive Owen, not Negan. Oh, okay. I like Clive Owen. He's in that shoot 'em up movie I've been wanting to watch for the last couple of weeks. Mm. But this week, we're talking about The Thing. Oh, I have a correction from last week's episode. <gasps> Apparently, I don't know everything there is to know about space. You stupid. Uh, and I believe, I looked it up uh, where I said how long it took us to get to Pluto. Uh-huh. And I believe it was 10 years instead of 20, which is what I said in the show. So half the amount of time I I doubled it just in case there was traffic. (laughs) And apparently when we went to Neptune, it took 12 years because it was one of the Voyager missions and they took a very roundabout way around the solar system to say hi to everybody. So there's that. A lot of steps to make. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it only takes 30 days to get to Mars. It's either 30 or 90. It's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's a lot of traffic, traffic around the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it really slows you down. You start out you looking at get... the GPS and you just watch those numbers climb and you think, Ugh, that, I'm not getting there on time. That lunar bottleneck is brutal. Uh-huh. But this week we're talking about The Thing. Right. 2011. This movie stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Joel Edgerton. And last week you wondered who Joel Edgerton was. Yeah. Or the guy from The Kingsman. His last name is also Edgerton. So that's why. Oh, his oh name's it's good Karen to know. Edgerton. Yeah. Thank you. And then a bunch of uh, Nordic people, including Thorman Giantsbane from Game of Thrones. So I was excited to see him. I like that guy a lot. Well, Matt, yeah. we watched it. We've completed the, the Thing journey. Any initial thoughts before we really dive in? Initial thoughts. This was 
better than underwater. <laughs> That's about it. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd say that nothing screams quality like the production company Eastern European Acquisition Pool. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even catch the- that. <laughs> which was at the beginning of the version that I watched. And I went, wow, that sounds like the shadiest organization I've ever heard of. Well, uh, it is not so th- cover for anything. Not cover at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this movie takes place in 1982, a couple of days before the events of the 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing. It starts off with this, I guess, a snow caterpillar. I don't know what those things are called. Snow a snow truck? I, I think you could say, like, snow cat. Yeah. Okay. And they're driving across this giant frozen plane, and the driver asks, are we going the right way? And they're in <laughs> the middle of this lake, and there's and he's asking a guy in the back who's, like, controlling a radio, who's, like, I guess they're homing in on some signal, and the guy in the back is like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a note here that was, like, navigating in 1982, in the snow of Antarctica, must have really sucked because it'd be like, "Hey, look for a white thing and then turn left." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, turn, turn at the snow. No, yeah. not that snow. And so then one of the dudes that's driving the truck tells a crude joke, which did make me laugh. But I was like, "That's gross." That joke about their mothers. Yeah, actually, I thought the same thing. I was like, "This is a the same sort of introduction you'd see in a lot of movies, where it's like, here are these guys. They're just throwing around jokes as a way to, I don't know, give them some character." But then he finished yeah. the joke, and I was like, "Well, at least it was a real joke." Right. There was a moment where me- I thought he wasn't going to finish it, and I was like, "Come on, that's lazy." Totally agree i thought he was setting that whole thing up and then they were gonna fall through the ice Mm -hmm. and we would never hear the end of the joke but then they fall through the ice right after he tells the joke correct and i thought the falling through the ice was pretty was pretty cool i don't know how they got out of the ice like how the hell did (laughs) they get out never explained (laughs) and how did anyone find them because those are three dead men yeah like absolutely they could have survived that initial fall but there's no way they're getting out of that crevasse yeah so they fall down there with no way out and then we get the stupidest looking title card i've seen in a long time (laughs) i think it's supposed to be deliberately cheesy i hope so I didn't feel like anything in the rest of the movie was going for like a real B-movie feel, except for that it wasn't that great. I think they're just going for everything in this movie feels like they were trying to redo the 82, the thing, like the the look of everything had to like look a certain way. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know why they couldn't just make the title, use the same title screen as before instead of just making their own like shittily on a computer, but that's where they went. I'm like, okay. Let me check in with you before we go too much further into this. So you had said before we watched it that this took place before the original movie. Uh Uh-huh. And then you just said that again. Uh Uh-huh. And throughout this movie, I still wasn't sure that that was true. I mean, I think I had heard it was like a soft reboot, and then you had said that it was a prequel, and I maybe mm-hmm. it's both, because it just it hits a lot of the same beats, which we'll get to, that are like too close to not just be remake beats. And then the way it resolves at the end doesn't seem like it's leading into the beginning of the original movie. So, Did you turn it off right when the credits started? Maybe. 
You didn't watch the credits stuff? There was an end scene? There's like 10 end scenes. Like during the credits, they keep cutting back to the movie. No way. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no. You missed everything where they they set up the beginning of the next movie. Yeah. When they're in the helicopter. (laughs) I walked away so confused about that. Okay. Oh. Well, you'll have to tell me about it when we get there. Because I have the exact same note at the end of my notes that says, what the hell is this ending? (laughs) Yeah. The next thing after these guys crash under the ice is they see this massive spaceship. The spaceship looks like it's at least a football field across, uh, and it's a circle. And I went and looked at the original, the thing from the 82 or the remake, whatever, the Carpenter thing, and it doesn't look anything like the John Carpenter spaceship. No. But I mean, you only see that ship for maybe three seconds. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, so then it cuts to Mary Elizabeth Winstead in what I'm guessing is America. Not looking and at all like she's in the 80s. <laughs> Not at all. Except for the, the headphones she's wearing. Because I guess they couldn't afford to show the Walkman that she's listening to or whatever. Right. And she is working on... She says she's a paleontologist. Uh-huh. What is a paleontologist, Matt? A paleontologist studies fossils. Right. What's she studying when this movie starts? You know, she seems to be studying, and I think this is actually based on a a real creature because I've seen this on videos on YouTube before, like a giant wolf that's been frozen in the ice potentially for thousands of years. I'm not quite sure. Usually a fossil is something that's been kind of replaced by bones that have dissolved over the years have been replaced by some other minerals and stuff. I don't know if that counts as a fossil or not, but either way, I could see where a paleontologist might be looking at it as long as it's prehistoric. Right. Paleontologist knows about fossils and dinosaurs. Yes. This is a dog monster (laughs) that looks like it's just frozen and its insides are filled with goo still. Like this thing is not, what is this dog monster that she's studying? I thought thought it was the monster i thought it was like the monster from the thing the the carpenter oh, thing where you thought it was just like starting right splits there. apart or whatever uh-huh. and, I was, and i was like i thought this was a prequel so for a long time i had no idea what was going on i see and then after the movie i checked the imdb trivia and it is the dog monster from the carpenter thing that she's studying except it's just a prop it's not from Kurt Russell's expedition. It's just like this thing she's working on. Wait. It's just there as like an Easter egg. Oh, oh, okay. So it's it's not supposed to be the dog right. monster from the first movie. But, but as far as like the equipment or like the design of it? I think it's the literally the prop from that movie. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Or, or something like that. And I was like, oh. Well, that's dumb. Why would you take the most one of the most iconic shots and just turn it into a fossil? They do like this shitty jump scare where some soldier Kate. says, hey, <laughs> wait, is her name Kate? Because I thought he said Kate. Yeah, I think it's Kate. OK, because I have that in like big capital letters. Kate jump yeah. scare. Sorry to yeah, bother I wrote, you. I, <laughs> I said, I'm going to scream at you to get your attention. Right. And then apologize. I'm like, you don't be telling her you're sorry to bother when you jump into the room and go, Kate. Yeah, you do like the loud knock on the wall, like, hello, Yeah, I'm trying not to scare you. I'm going to make some noise so you know I'm coming. Yeah, I mean, she's wearing headphones, but it's not that hard to hear through headphones. Anyway, so some dick scientist comes in and says, hey, we need you to come on this expedition with us to look at this structure. And I'm just like, isn't she a paleontologist? (laughs) 
Oh, but she's, she, they tell you early on in this movie that she's like savvy because she can smell a cliche coming because they're like, you need to come with, with us to go do this thing. And she's like, I guess I don't have any time to think about this, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you read the script. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, I must have your answer immediately. And she should just say, no, I'm not going to go. And then he's got to go find another right. paleontologist yeah. who knows everything. You can't have a couple hours to think about it. But uh, I could end up spending days trying to find another option. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's implied that she knows this research assistant dude. Yeah. Like they have like some history together and they abandon that immediately also that guy looked like an american carrie elways that's what bothered me almost the whole movie <laughs> until i figured that out is that he just looks like young american carrie elways i didn't see that i believe you i can't remember him <laughs> but but i didn't notice so then she goes well i guess i'll go on your journey which I feel like all could have been accomplished in that next shot in the helicopter where they're like, thank you for joining us on this journey, Dr. Kate. Yes. We're in Antarctica. It's cold. We're flying right next to the mountain. <laughs> this helicopter is 10 feet from the side of this mountain. And then that's when I wrote the note. What was the dog monster she was studying? <laughs> yeah, there wasn't any explanation on that one. And then they show this guy on the plane who's sitting, sleeping next to her and, or on the helicopter sleeping next to her. And then she proceeds to have a conversation with somebody without the headphones on, which I'm under the impression is impossible. I think because so. moments later, one of the pilots says, put your headphones on so I can talk to you. Right. And I thought the guy sleeping was either Oliver Platt or Nick Frost. And it was neither. It's just some other guy. He, doesn't he pilots. jump into the conversation like he's been awake the whole time, though? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember that at all. All I remember is the pilot or the co-pilot saying, hey, you don't want to get stuck with all these Norwegian guys in this storm that's coming. Yeah, not particularly like, okay. nice to Norwegian guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're all going to get stuck in this storm together. And then they get to this Norwegian research site in Antarctica and are immediately greeted by the scientists there. And they're like, we'd like to go right to the site. And so we go there. And apparently they were able to rescue those guys who fell in the creek or into the ravine and find them, which they don't like. I know we already talked about it, but how did they find yeah. these guys? Like they're so far out and they're like 50 feet under the ice. There's no way their radio is going to work. They don't look especially like shaken up or anything either. Like they yeah, just almost the one died dude, that morning. That one dude falls to the front and I thought he was going to go through the windshield, but he doesn't. Uh -huh. And then they're all just hanging out, like looking at everything like, ooh, spaceship. They climb down the all the ladders in the world in order to get down to where the spaceship is. And why does the thing have such a giant ship? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like he's the only one there, right? They do. I think they refer what to is it the as thing? a survivor. Uh, one of the things in the IMDb trivia that isn't really trivia, it's more of fan fiction, I guess, where it says that perhaps the thing assimilated the aliens who were once on that ship. And I'm like, well, then how does he know how to drive it? Which would explain why he crashed. But still, like, like how you or is can't it just... are they suggesting that it crashed with aliens in it and then the thing came out of the ice and replicated the aliens or killed them or something? I don't know, but, but it doesn't make any sense no. why one creature would have a ship this size. Well, and this kind of explanation doesn't really work that well either because in the original movie, which takes place later, apparently, as Wilford Brimley, the thing tries to build another spaceship. That's They're because Mary Elizabeth Winstead threw the grenade and destroyed the Tetris game. 
the big Tetris computer on hard mode. Right. When they find this thing, though, they say they, they mentioned that there was a survivor exiting the craft. And that, that was the point that at which I was like, I hope this movie doesn't explain the thing too much because I'm not sure I want to uh-huh. find out more about this alien. I, don't, I, I like the mystery stuff in spite of the conversation we were just having about what is the thing. Um, right. Yeah. But then, too, I, I don't know if you found this as unrealistic as I did, but they were like, so Mary Elizabeth Winstead, how long is this going to take? And she's like, I don't know, half a day. It's like, that seems pretty quick. Yeah. Well, also, here, here, this is science getting in the way of of logic or the movie logic. But this spaceship is like 200 feet underground. Why is the alien just below the surface? I think that's their way. I think that when they talked about the alien surviving and exiting the craft, that's the explanation for that. It's like... It's far away because it was crawling out and going somewhere, and then it just they possibly have found that. They should have just found the thing on the ship, like finding it in the block of ice. Th- this movie does a lot of like prequel piecemeal making, where this set piece exists in the next movie, so it has to be in this one. So we have to find the alien in a block of ice. But how do we get a block of ice out of this cavern? I don't know. Just put the alien near the surface done and that's exactly what they did oh i, I kind of felt like they just didn't need the ufo at or the uh, spaceship at the beginning if you need to get to it at the end which i wouldn't assume you would need to like it's not absolutely necessary but just don't have it be there just they fall into a crack and they see the thing frozen in the crack and you're like yeah. oh wow there's something we really want to get out of there then they could have had kind of a cool scene of trying to remove it instead of just being like oh this is just going to take half a day glad we showed you that boring ass spaceship totally agree also the batteries on the spaceship have been ringing for a hundred thousand years like the signal that they were tracking has been going off for a hundred thousand years but nobody heard it till last week i didn't like that either oh See, I didn't even realize that's what they were seeking out. I, I, I don't even know that I asked in my head, like, what are they looking for to begin with? <laughs> and then I wrote the note, like, how could Dr. Kate, who's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I, I want to stop saying that whole name because yeah, it takes let's, forever. Let's just call her Kate. <laughs> how thought- does she know anything about removing a life form from a block of ice? Like you were just saying, like, it's going to take half a day. Like. What expertise does she have? Like, she probably knows how to remove a dinosaur bone from rock, but not how to remove an extraterrestrial organism from a block of ice. <laughs> so I guess that's why the idea is we'll just take the ice. <laughs> just go around <laughs> it. <laughs> and then they put the block of ice in a room that is warmer than freezing. I guess because the ice is melting because they're, they're having their party later that night. And the, the one dude goes in to like check on it because mm-hmm. he, he senses something is up and it's dripping like it's it's melting and it melts enough for the thing to explode just bust out. out of the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just like takes off the whole top half of the ice and jumps into the ceiling. There was a note that I had here about I. Something that I thought was kind of a good idea, but I don't know that it actually ended up being important. That at the beginning, Kate is working for this guy. She, the, the guy that hires her is just like, I don't know exactly what his position is. Head scientist. Dick. Yeah, he's like a real ass. He says, hey, you know what? Nobody used the radios. I think he basically tells him to turn them off because he's like, 
I don't want anyone talking to anyone else about what's going on here. And I was like, hey, you know what? If this guy is the way he seems, that's a decent reason to shut down communication in a movie. But it doesn't end up being necessary because I think it destroys a bunch of other stuff. Or they just never communicate with anyone. I know a, a helicopter flies out, but I felt like it didn't end up being that important. But when it first showed up as a reason to to shut down the communications. I was like, Oh, that's a decent idea. Yeah. I don't got any, I don't have anything on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm surprised that this whole thing isn't swimming with military. Like why is this, why is this one scientist dude involved who brought him there? And why? I imagine the Norwegian scientist in Antarctica called somebody to say, hey, we found a thing. You got to send Dr. Dick and a dinosaur doctor. But who and why and who authorized all this manpower? And and for the military to just not be involved seems unrealistic. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Before this, though, when they first were like driving out to go get it, did you notice that the people that were like at the scene watched the machine drive out and like gave people like really dirty looks. Yeah. That was the, the pilot dude and the hero guy. What, what was up with the dirty looks? Why were they so like, I suspicious? don't know. I don't even know why those guys were there. They're just like Americans, but they know everyone there. Like, yeah. It seemed like they were just the ride to this place and they were going to leave later that day. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Like, I feel like there's supposed to be some kind of subplot there that they just abandoned. Okay. Good. Speaking of subplots that felt abandoned, and maybe it's maybe it's not abandoned. Maybe I missed something. But there's a guy who says that the alien leaving the cozy confines of its ship. He he makes some sort of reference to that being like suspicious. Like, oh yeah, why would the alien leave its conf- the comfy confines of its ship to go out in the cold? And I'm like. He doesn't know aliens. This is very presumptuous of him to be like, it's got no reason to leave. He doesn't know what kind of events were going on there. And it made me wonder like, oh, I guess we'll figure that out at some point. But there's no answer, right? It's just. No, there's just no left. answer. Okay. Just, All right. He's just like, I want some air. <laughs> Because it sort of set up a question, but then I'm like, okay, if I do assume that it was comfy and cozy on its ship, but that it had some reason to leave other than not wanting to be stuck on a ship or being hungry, what am I supposed to be looking for here? Yeah, I don't. And I don't understand this monster at all other than it wants to get to town. And I don't understand the monster's motivation besides I'm kind of trapped here. I want to go where there's a bunch of people. And so I'm just going to do everything I can to do that. And then it's just, you know what? I'm Jason Voorhees. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to kill everyone. <laughs> like, that's my plan now. It gets to it pretty quickly, too. Once it busts out of the ice, it just, like, t- yeah, attacks just two like, dudes and kill mode we skipped over the dramatic drilling into the ice to get the tissue sample of the monster yeah and that was five minutes that i'll never get back (laughs) (laughs) the dramatic ice drilling where they're all like oh boy oh boy well Uh, and then the drill finally gets to the monster and then they all freak out like oh my god he drilled in too much (laughs) i'm like isn't that what he was doing he's trying to get a little bit of monster on the drill exactly and then they just scientifically pull it up like i thought that their plan was to like put a needle down there like if they're pulling dino mosquito out of amber amber yeah (laughs) (laughs) but instead they're just gonna take a chunk off the end of the screwdriver right well they they have this gasp there too they're like (gasps) he he drilled into the monster and then he pulls it out and they're like so what'd you get (laughs) like it's just Back to normal. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what we wanted you to do. Later that night, they get back to the camp and they're having a big party like, yeah, we found aliens. 
Woohoo. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead, they're all like drinking. And she goes, do you got anything better than whatever this crap I'm drinking is? And a guy says to another guy, they're, they're all just going to be guy because I don't yeah. know who oh, any yeah. of these people are. No, they all look all. the same. Uh-huh. And he goes, hey, do you want to go get the bottle from the liquor cabinet? And he smiles and goes, sure. And I'm like, well, he's either going to go put something in this girl's drink or oh. that's the last time we're ever going to see him. <laughs> see. That, well, the last time we're going to see him occurred to me. The drink thing didn't. But what else occurred to me was like, hey, get your own goddamn drink. <laughs> like, there's he's there's a, a guy with a box of beer just handing shit out. Well, and if you want to get something from the helicopter so you can impress your new girlfriend, take her out to the helicopter. Go get it yourself. Why are you asking me to do it? Yeah, have your little romantic interlude on the helicopter. Yeah, I would have why been do, like, Why no, do they dude. keep their... F- why do they keep their fancy liquor on a helicopter? Well, that's a good question. Why do they also keep their newly uh, discovered alien, this giant block of ice with this monster they just discovered, just sitting in a room by itself? Melting. Just Yeah, it's just, just melting down with no sort of like security. Nobody's watching it. I mean, you right. just found the discovery of a century and you're like, you know what? Let's not hang out here in this room crowding around it, looking at it and trying to figure out what it is. Let's just let it thaw. (laughs) Let's just let it thaw. But we'll just let anyone who wants to come see it just walk up to it and touch it. Right. Not believable at all, considering how protective that guy is of this discovery. Exactly. And then we get the second jump scare, which is when that one dude is looking at the ice block and it's just before it explodes out of it. And the guy behind him just screams, hey! (laughs) <laughs> just to scare him yeah and i was like you're a dick movie and you're a and dick <laughs> like, like two seconds later it's just like jump scare and then instant monster like, yeah the monster the, just explodes out of the ice is, is there even any cracking noise or anything like that beforehand or is it just like i don't think so like, i don't the, think so either the one dude like he just kind of senses something's wrong like he's just like i'm gonna go check this out and while he's back there he's like something weird's going on See, but there's no there's curious. nothing for him because he could have just left and if the monster had just waited four seconds it would have been able to kill everyone without any problem because this thing explodes and that dude runs down the hall screaming it's out you didn't hear that it's out it's out and they're all like what are you talking about the alien it's alive and it exploded out of the ice and so then they all go looking for it well and and here's where i noticed that and this kind of confused me about whether this was a a prequel or not because it's the exact same movie well and it's the exact same set there was one part where they're like walking through and i'm like i could see how one research station in antarctica might look a lot like other ones but i was like man this set looks exactly the same especially back near like where the dogs are and stuff like the hallways in between but yeah so that so i noticed that and then the next thing you know the creature is already metamorphosing into something else and in this movie for some reason even though it's the same monster instead of being all like tentacles and like wiggly floppy hoses it's like a, a crab a, monster right it goes from being a spaghetti monster to a crab monster yeah except for the one tentacle that is a harpoon <laughs> <laughs> 
that sequence, I wrote the note where where he harpoons the guy. Oh, right. Well, I have the first note where they sure. go to the dog cages, and the dog cage is just a puddle of mud. And I'm like, well, I guess the dog didn't make it. And I'm just like, but where is it? Uh-huh. Like, where did it go? Uh, but then we go outside, and then this dude finds the thing with his partner or whatever, and then that shoots the harpoon through its chest. Uh-huh. And I wrote, gross, chest grapple bad cgi and then this is like where the real bad cgi crap starts because that's what ultimately sinks this movie i think is the real bad cgi because there's a couple of moments that are actually really cool in this movie where i was totally on board and i was like man that would have looked amazing but there's just this shitty cgi the only scene that i thought should have been cgi is when later in the movie when the carry always dude is laying on the ground and the thing comes over it and just starts mashing his face into him uh-huh and i was like this is awesome <laughs> but then everything after that should have been like a terrible looking puppet because it would have been disgusting yeah but that's just like a crappy 2011 cgi monster and it really really hurts the movie yeah they shoot it a couple times they find out that bullets don't work on it everyone is aware bullets aren't killing this thing so they're like, let's just throw gasoline on it and burn it. And so they do. And that's effective. And then they just like put it out. <laughs> yeah. They put the fire out immediately. And I'm just like, why don't you let that thing burn <laughs> right. for a while? Well, and then uh, they get ready to dissect it. And there's time right before they're doing that where I'm like, aren't they going to like take pictures and like video footage and stuff like that? And it's just like, no, we're just going to go ahead and take it apart. And, and then uh, when there they- is a sequence where a dude's got a camcorder. I I think there is at some point, but I, I, I felt like it was really missing right there. Cause I'm like, this is okay. It's out of the ice. You killed it you know i feel like you'd be recording everything you can while you're looking at this discovery not to mention that it just killed somebody so you might want to just write some records of what's happening and Uh, the other thing is you thought it was dead already and now you think it's dead again yeah yeah maybe not trust that (laughs) yeah (laughs) well and and that's something i had said earlier too where i i thought if she's concerned about contamination she better be concerned as shit once once it's finally uncovered and no Nobody's nobody's in any special gear or anything trying to protect themselves. And then they start the red herring of the one dude who got covered in his buddy's blood. Oh. They they start making you think that he's been infected and he's got the thing inside him. And that's just a, a red herring that makes zero sense at I think all. it might have felt so much like a red herring that I didn't even pay attention to it. But what I did right. notice was that when they start dissecting it, they're like, eventually they say, oh, yeah, it looks like some sort of digestion I'm like, okay, so it was eating him. Yeah, we saw him eating it. But before he says that, he goes, it appears it was absorbing him. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) okay, this guy's not wrong. (laughs) But that seems like Uh quite a leap to make, having not seen the thing before, unless he had. Yeah, this movie makes a lot of assumptions Mm -hmm. about extraterrestrial behavior and biology yeah where this thing swallows this dude whole (laughs) and and they cut it open and he's just inside it which i thought was awesome that he wasn't just like a puddle of goo it was just him (laughs) mid-scream well i was wondering i thought that that. was great i wasn't sure if that was him or if that was the monster starting to create a new him because they found his a a metal femur replacement or something like that some sort of joint replacement in the monster, yeah. but it's not in the guy. And right. so I was like, oh, okay. So this him 
that doesn't have this metal piece inside of him is the new version that the monster is trying to turn into. And is that what was going on? I, I couldn't so. figure it out because I, how did it do it so fast? Well, you can ask that question at a million points in this movie because how long it takes to turn into different things is all over the place. And to be honest, it was all over the place in the original too. But it does seem like a lot of the time well, it's discovered mid-transformation. However, some of the time, even when it's fastest, even when it's the most like, oh, it just disappeared, it's already turned into someone else completely. So sometimes it's like, oh, it's been gone for a half hour. Oh, it's mid-transformation. And then it's like, oh, it just got away. Oh, wait. Hey, Jim, you're looking awfully <laughs> alien today. <laughs> Open your mouth. But <laughs> but in that, in that scene, I think what happened is it's just completely dissolved the original guy and that that metal piece is left over. And that's why in the end she starts talking about the earring. Right. Here's a question that yeah. I have. Is there more than one thing i couldn't tell if it was replicating itself yeah. or if it was just one thing hopping around from body to body like it's just trying to hide constantly or if there were three of them i have had this question in both movies too where i'm like okay it can turn into other people but it seems like every time it does the monster gets killed and the new person is the monster now if the monster doesn't get killed, does it kill itself and be like, there can only be one? <laughs> right, but then again, exactly. it doesn't need people to reproduce because there are other moments where it's just like it turns itself. It like breaks apart into different pieces and then yeah. they start going off on their own. And I'm like, OK, so I guess that's going to become its own monster. So at any point right. in time. Yeah. Oh, be, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, there could just be a ton of them. And then for some yeah, reason, there's one scene where there are two parts that are cut in half and then they go back together. And I'm like, well, why is it bothering to go back together when it can multiply by just being broken up into pieces? So I, I have I no effing clue <laughs> <laughs> thing with the metal part. I did think that was an interesting idea to have the reveal of the arm plate not being digested. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, and it becomes a better way for the or a different way for them to test each other later with the becomes, teeth and all rather than doing becomes, the blood thing all over again it becomes a thing because it's anything that they know about it rather than like i assume that's what the scientist guys are setting up is the blood test from the first movie and why would they know about that at all like why would they even have that indication that it's going to be a thing other than i guess they're just going to look at their blood and see if there's like copying going on but she just says this movie's got to move along he's copying him He's imitating us. Just accept it. <laughs> and Carrie always is like, I accept it. This is the plot of the movie. <laughs> well, having just watched the original last week, I will say that Kurt Russell figures it out pretty well, too. But I don't I, there, there's something about Kurt Russell. Maybe it's like his his squinty eyes, but like he looks like he's smart and like he's figuring stuff out. There's nobody in this movie that gives me any sort of convincing performance that says, yeah, man, that person seems like a Batman type. They know what's going on. She's right. just like, nope, I can tell I'm part alien. <laughs> she she says to Carrie Elwaves, oh, my God, I think you should take a look at this. And I wrote down because I'm a paleontologist. <laughs> like, What do I know about cell division? <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> That's a good point microbiology is microbiology 
dinosaur bones are dinosaur bones. Well, um, dinosaur they, bones are usually calcium or something that's replaced right, the bone. Yeah. Uh, so I don't yeah, know how much not, she's seen. Right. The They're not even bones. Yeah, I don't think so she's spending it, a whole lot of time with live cells as a paleontologist. So then the movie briefly cuts to like the hallway where the other female character is out there going into labor, or uh-huh. it looks like she's about to have a baby, even though she's not pregnant. And a guy comes up to her, and I just wrote down the line, "Hey, you want to go see Hendrick? Maybe it'll make you feel better." <laughs> she's all upset because they have him screaming still in the other room, or like in his forever scream. And then they're out in the hallway, and the military guys are taking the dude who was covered in blood to a military hospital because he's just not doing well. And I'm like, yeah, the guy who is exposed to alien goo, let's unisolate him. Let's get him on a helicopter and fly him to a crowded military base. Like, like I think the protocol would be keep him in that room and we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be get him on the helicopter and get him out of here. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead, God, sees all that happening and it takes her like 10 minutes to put together. Maybe that guy shouldn't leave. <laughs> maybe, maybe the helicopter should... St- Oh, God. But if only I had one more clue that this guy leaving was a bad idea. Hey, what's that on the floor? Four bloody teeth? Huh. No, that's not a big enough clue for me yet. What else do I need? A shower filled with blood. The helicopter should stay. And she goes outside. And just waves at the helicopter until they decide to come back. And then the guy on the helicopter, the man who we assume is the thing, starts freaking out that the helicopter is leaving. And the guy who's in the back of the helicopter with him, who's comforting him, goes, listen, buddy, we're going to touch down for a minute and then we're going to take off and we're going to get you all the help you need. And the guy's like, "Okay, okay, okay." And then the helper guy just splits in half. Yeah. (laughs) His head opens up because they didn't want to do a dog again. But I'm just like, what was the point? And it is. Oh, man. See, that was the moment for me that I was like, man, the CGI in this movie is worse than I even thought. Yeah, it's real bad. Really bad. But if you were the thing, why would you reveal yourself? Right. right then. Right. <laughs> you know, like the helicopter then crashes around the hill and they're like, well, we can't go get the helicopter because we need a helicopter to go get the helicopter. Mm-hmm. I guess it's later that day and a guy says that all the radios aren't working because of a storm. Right. And I'm like, do snowstorms make radios stop working? I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. It was the early 80s. I feel like uh, anything could still interfere. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, even and now, it- I mean, sometimes the weather's bad and I'm like, oh, I got less bars guess it's all light it's clearly been a few hours since she found the teeth in the bathroom right or the or whatever she found in the bathroom like i guess they're just crowns and cat and fillings but why were they covered in blood <laughs> and what made the big pile of blood in the shower stall <laughs> what what made that where's I the body know. I, you know what i just kind of let that go after a while I just forgot like, about it. It was at it. this point, I thought there was supposed to be a body in the shower, and it was just removed because this movie was going to be PG-13. And it's not. This is rated R. Maybe the teeth were teeth that had fillings on them. And when it digested the guy, it left the teeth with the fillings. I'm not sure. So it just poofed. 
pooped out the teeth fillings oh, no. on, on the bathroom floor. But she, so she's got these bloody teeth in her pocket for hours, and then she goes, "Oh, I found these and all this blood in the bathroom. You think that's related?" And then I have the note that she's making some really broad assumptions here, and I think this is when she starts saying that the alien is copying people, and this is oh, how yeah. it works, and this is the plot for the rest of the movie. You're all you're all on board, right? And then I wrote da 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 because because I think something happens there. And then I have the note that the dick doctor says, he says the line, told you you weren't here to think. Oh, because she she second-guessed him earlier. And I'm like, what is she there for if she's not there to ask questions or to probe anything? Yeah. Like, it's just like, doesn't make any sense. Then the key thing starts, where the not-pregnant lady says, we have to get the keys to the snowmobile or something. And, yeah. and Dr. Kate's like, where are they? And the pregnant lady says, they're in that secluded hallway down there with the, <laughs> with the room that's all by itself. You want to go in there with me? Yes, I do. Yeah, and they split up into twos, which goes on throughout the movie, and it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's the dumbest thing. It's one thing I didn't like about the original, where it's just they always want to split off into twos, which is the worst number. Yeah, especially when you suspect one other person exactly. of being bad. Yeah, but they go into this back room, and Doctor Kate says, "Where are the keys?" And the lady goes, "They're in that drawer there." <laughs> and and all like, I could think is, "Well, go get them." <laughs> like, like you know where they are. Well, don't make this, me fish around. Tell don't this make place me fish man. around for keys. I don't even know what these. If keys you want to drink, like. you tell somebody else to go get it if you want yeah. keys you gotta find them yourself or or she'll tell you to get them yourself but then yeah so she she goes to get the keys out of this thing and just like we were saying the transformation process is very inconsistent because she's gonna get keys and then the woman just boom she's suddenly a tooth monster like a big yeah. toothy meatball on I legs said, i said she looks like the twizzler's mouth on meth <laughs> well and then uh, uh she tries to I attack also, her and then ends up chasing some other guy down yeah she gets that other dude killed when the lady first like splits in half i feel like there are supposed to be boobs and they digitally removed them uh, and i was okay I with no that because it's just it, the, like where her boobs would be would look real like weird digitally blurry and i was like well this is shitty G cgi maybe they just decided to take that out mm -hmm. and i was all right with that because i didn't i don't think i needed to see that but you know boobs, no. boobs. but i did write the note well that's the sexiest thing i've ever seen when she like splits in half and turns into that giant tentacle mouth that was gross and and just like another shitty cgi thing that if it was a practical effect would have looked really cool it's i don't think it would have yeah. looked great but it still would have had some weight to it that even, this movie yeah, desperately needs when in the first one the guy's doing the defibrillator thing and the chest just opens up into a big bear trap Tavern. looking mouth. Yeah. Like it's bad, but it's still cool and it still yeah. works. And I would have loved something like that there. Yeah. But. So next a guy shows up with a flamethrower. Why does this, this research station have all these weapons? Uh, they, <laughs> there were flamethrowers all over the other one too. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like people are going to be trapped in ice. You better have a flamethrower. Is that how they clear snow? I, don't, I, I can't imagine. It seems it very wasteful. <laughs> but then the guys return from the crash and she seems pretty suspicious, but then just kind of rolls with it. This does become pretty relevant because one guy in particular who she was kind of having flirty eyes with here and there. Yeah. Hero guy. Yeah. He's around her the whole rest of the time. And well, no, they lock, like, they lock those they lock those two dudes up 
right? Oh, they oh, they, yeah, they right. isolate them in the barn for a bit. The two the two highly trained specialized military men they leave alone in a barn, <laughs> and ten minutes later come back and are shocked that they have left. Like, I'm just like, what you, I said, uh, what's my note there? Did they not see the spaghetti monster? And okay, I'll leave these two well-trained soldiers alone in a barn. And I'm like, this movie wants to wrap it up. And it's at this point that my family came home and I had to turn the movie off for a little bit. So uh, I'm, I'm a little confused on to when things were happening. I, I have my next thing is so guys returned from crash. Ripley would have burned them. And then testing and then they do the testing thing that's where she's like hey wait a minute teeth let's look at your teeth and see whether yeah. or not you have fillings because if you have fillings you're not the monster and so right. like which is a which is a really good idea i thought it was a nice way of not just testing blood again especially right. if this well, was supposed at to be least it eliminates it eliminates some people as a suspect well, and the people who get real pissed off about it i'm like dude chill out we're not gonna execute you we're just narrowing down the suspects here well and and this also i had made a note while she was doing it. i was like what if they just didn't have any cavities i didn't have my first cavity until i was 38 but then sure but then they do have a couple people who just don't have any fillings or anything and you're right they don't kill them or anything they're just like okay well we know these other people who have fillings aren't monsters we don't know whether you are or not so right that's fine and then i think it's just a second or two later when the americans escape and now here's here's the question that i have is that that's those four dudes there's carrie always dr dick norwegian guy and fourth person the, the guy norwegian, who doesn't talk at all is that who's with them yes yeah no he's shit <laughs> if you're trying to keep track of who's norwegian I, I and who's keep... not don't bother. Because the, the guy who can't talk goes off with Tormund Giants Bane to go get the military guys. And then the military guys are gone. Oh, that's okay. So here's what happens. I'm, I'm putting this movie together while we're talking about it. So the military guys escape. Tormund Giants Bane and the no talky guy leave the barn. The no talky guy, he hears something and goes to find them. And the military guys knock him out and drag him away. And Tormund Giants Bane runs back inside to the door that only locks from the inside, I guess, because he can't open this door that has no lock on it. And he gets back inside and he's like, they're gone. And then that's when the whole shootout in the hallway occurs. Right. And then the guy who doesn't talk at all, who's my favorite guy in the whole movie, probably because he doesn't talk at all. He gets shot. Now it's like, damn it. They shot the guy I like the most. Well, wait, does, I don't think he does get shot. He does. Well, cause he's there at the end of the movie. The guy who doesn't talk at all. Yeah. Oh, in the after credit scene. Yeah. in the after credit scene. Oh, geez. I don't know then. I don't know. Like you said, they all look they pretty all look similar. There exactly could have been more guys than I realized. And I might've thought two guys were the same guy. I was uh, pretty sure one of the dudes was a shitty Wahlberg. And I like one of the Wahlbergs that I can't remember, but it's. I think there are only two Wahlbergs. I think there's like four of them. Mark Wahlberg and Donnie Wahlberg. And then the other one, Shifty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so then once this this all starts going down, this is where we discover that the monster can just break itself into a bunch of pieces all at once without any sort of transformation. He's just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be an arm monster. And and the arm monster is going to just crawl up the barbarian's face, the guy from Game of Thrones, which is just. Just start sucking on though. his mouth. It, it, oh man, that gets really weird. But when, even yeah. when it's climbing up his arm, I'm like, someone okay, help him. Granted, it's <laughs> climbing up his arm, but it also weighs at most six pounds. Throw it, like just 
thrown across the room. But then he doesn't, and then it sucks onto his face, and it gets really weird. Yeah. But kind um, of cool. So that's this is where I was like rewinding it to get back to where I was in the movie. Yeah. So I watched that sequence when she comes back to execute him. Did you notice that when he's like laying there with that thing sucking on his face, that his hand that's on top of it is being absorbed into the into the, the hand? into the organism thing? Oh, I didn't really notice. No. And then his eye is like popping out because the thing is like copying the eye or something. I was like, this looks cool. Why can't we have more CGI like this? And then she just lights him on fire, but she only <laughs> sprays him with a little bit of flamethrower. And I'm like, let's maybe maybe give him a little just, more if you're going to burn him to death. Like just the really poor guy put up. him down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's not have him like, he could survive that. Well, um, and then she's got the flamethrower and like, I think it's right at the end of that scene, like it gets up and like walks out of the room and instead of like chasing it, oh, she's just like, well, oh, right before my flame doesn't quite reach it. And then once it's out of the room, then she's like, oh, I should move forward. Like I can walk. Oh, right. The flamethrower, which has been working perfectly this entire time when the Norwegian guy's hands fall off to turn into monsters, he lets out his harpoon tentacle into like 15 people when they eliminate the rest of the cast and that's this is when he lays down on top of american carry always and just starts melting into his face and i was just like this is awesome so i really like that that was the best cgi of the whole movie but then the flamethrower doesn't work the guy's just like i don't know what's wrong with it and then everyone's just like i guess maybe we should hide because this thing is killing us like they're just like jumping around trying to fight back this alien monster that they can't do anything with well and when they're in that burning room too they just take their sweet time hanging bad out CGI talking. Fire too. yeah you know i i'm okay with bad cgi fire but i'm like at least act like the place is on fire maybe you can't get better special effects but you can act hot <laughs> or scared of fire right even yeah. if it's not there well, that's what killed us in that skyscraper movie is the, oh, the yeah, they, that was bad. they never it's as if they didn't know fire was there the whole time. Yeah. 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 Like they're not coughing or anything. Yeah. Oh, man. So then they're it's Dr. Kate and hero guy and they're walking around the compound trying to find the thing. And she's got the flamethrower on her back now and he's got an axe. Yeah. But he's holding it in the weirdest way. He's holding it as if he's never seen an axe before. Well, maybe he's already an alien. Think maybe. About it. Yeah. Well, no, because he's got the earrings still. I don't even know. I don't know. I, I don't know at what point he was supposed to turn into an alien, and I could not care less. <laughs> I don't I, I don't either, yeah. Even, well, we'll get there in like three minutes to the end. So they end up at a spaceship. <laughs> oh, wait. At one point, I have a note that yep. says, after he has the axe... He's walking around and I'm like, did he find a sword? Because he's walking around with this metal looking. It's either a piece of wood or it's a sword. I had a and it looks that just like this, a sword. This guy's got a knife, even though the only thing that kills it is fire. So that's good. Good to have a knife. Yeah, I did make that uh, note too. Maybe grab two knives in the kitchen. If you've got a big block of knives. Uh, and then that, that scene where the thing is looking for hero guy and he's hiding in the corner and the thing comes around the corner, but it can see him. I thought that was really effective. I enjoyed that scene. And then just as it's going to lunge at him, Dr. Kate is there spraying fire on it. And I'm like, this thing didn't hear her walk in the room. That was so shitty. That was so terrible. And then they kill that thing. 
They burn that thing to death. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's where the whole room ends up on fire and she just takes forever leaving. Yeah. Well, and then they're outside and she cooks it a little more and you see like the two, like the heads all burned up and stuff. I, I'm guessing heads. he's probably not an alien yet because the axe was in the wall and she went to grab it and he was like, no, 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 don't grab it. I, oh, I think got he didn't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah. The, the cells all over her. And it's also during the sequence where we, we find out that Dr. Dick is still alive, but he's hiding. And then the next thing we see is he's stolen a snow cat that has been disabled and managed to fix it and, and drives off. Oh, right. Yeah. And, this is how they get to the spaceship. Yeah. So they decide to chase after him and in another, they know exactly where he's going, not to the Russian station where the guy says we should go, but to his spaceship that's trapped underground for a hundred thousand years. But before we go, make sure you grab those grenades we showed you earlier. Chekhov's grenades. Right. And they're in the, the snow cat and she notices that he has an earring and she's like, okay, I guess that'll be important. Oh, and I, see, I didn't we go, even see her notice the earring. Yeah, that's but... the first time that you notice that. And I I'm see. like, what kind of military guys allowed to have earrings I don't know. so i'm like maybe these guys are just mercenaries but either way yeah but then they start um, walking around on this spaceship and then it like yeah. opens the blinds she yeah the venetian falls, blinds open yeah and she falls in through the blinds now i'm going to give you the timing on this because i meant to go back and record the sound of this but uh -huh. at an hour 24 minutes and 40 seconds she falls through this thing and gives a tarzan scream <laughs> <laughs> That's just the weirdest out of place thing. It, I rewound it to get the time and to hear it again to see if it really sounded as Tarzany as I thought, and it did. So Tar Tarzany. I imagine we'll hear that sound I now. <laughs> <laughs> see? <laughs> <laughs> and and she falls a long way right into the hr giger designed alien ship yeah it makes me think that everyone who was in the room when the thing got pulled out of the ice when they pulled the the goo off the screwdriver mm -hmm. got infected like it's like an airborne disease kind of a thing and it just takes longer for some people like it's it's like with covid19 i heard your loading dose is is important with how sick you'll end up getting with the covid because it, it depends on how much you get at first and some people got more than others which is why they've changed so like everyone in this movie is the thing just not yet. Oh, that's and, an interesting idea. Uh, they didn't think of that. I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but coming back to that that Giger thing, like the, the inside of this spaceship just looks like it's ripped off of. It's not quite as like it doesn't look as much like it's made out of living material, but it's still got this sort of like spinal column design. Looks. I wrote the note. Alien rip off crap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they even rip off the sequence when she's standing there looking at the big Tetris machine. Well, and when it appears behind her, like it uncurls itself like the alien in the alien when it shows up behind, uh, what's his name? Uh, when he, after he washes his face off a little bit and it like comes down from the chains, like it unravels mm, yeah. the exact same way. And I'm like, either they're trying to do an homage thing right now or it's just really bad. And I'm going to go with really bad, even though like I can see what this director is trying to do with this movie. I am not enjoying no, it. No, no. 
No, there's nothing fun about this climax. The monster with a man face just looks goofy as all hell. Oh god, it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be the Norwegian guy or Dr. Dickhead. I think it was because, Dr. Dickhead. Because it looked like both of them. And then I had the note, I wrote the note that said, I wish Dr. Dickhead was played by Murray from Flight of the Concords because that would have been fun. I I agree. That would have been fun. Well, and then that CGI so, looks so terrible. Bad. And then she is running away from it inside this thing, and she turns a corner. And in spite of the fact that it can grow tentacle harpoons and rip off parts of its body to run up arms and legs and shit, yeah. it can't reach her around the corner. It just can't so get that last couple just inches. Gives up. I'm gonna go away, and she's and she's just looking at this grenade that fell out of her pocket like it's gold, and she's like, I just gotta get to this other grenade, and all I could think is, doesn't isn't her coat full of grenades? She brought more than one, and she's going to reach for the grenade, and the alien thing just smashes through the wall and grabs her. I think there might have, I, I think she might have dropped the other grenades or lost them. Oh, well, see, I thought maybe she did pull another grenade out of her coat, but then why was she so hung up on looking at the one on the ground? Why didn't you have a fresh grenade out ready to go or take the fresh grenade, hand it to the alien because it's going to pull it in because it just felt something and it's going to blow itself up. Uh, that's what I, I, I mean, I know she's scared and hiding in a corner, but she's able to, she's got enough sense to, while this thing's dragging her to pull a grenade out of her pocket, pull the pin and throw a straw strike into its mouth that's a baseball reference it's a sport that used to be played in america we used to have games of athletic competition where men of great talent in specific and, genres and, yeah, would compete and with steroids each other. great talent yeah, steroids you could hit a little ball really far but this thing looks like but and it, it kind of occurs so to me like bad. so much of the in the first movie so much of the stuff was done with the creature being kind of stationary like it's like mm-hmm. mid transformation and parts might move around, but the thing itself is kind of standing still for one reason or another. And this well, movie I, just has I, it moving around too much and the I CGI always, is not there to make it look good at all. I always took the fact that it doesn't move around a lot in the original because one, it's the eighties and they just couldn't. They couldn't. Yeah, no, no, but I, I think move. that's what they but did instead. They're like, hey, you know what, it's not moving around. In oh. my in my head watching the movie, like yeah. the way I was able to explain it to myself is oh, it's like anchoring itself to the ground because all its weight is flying all over the place in front of it, which is why its legs aren't running around. So like that's how I was able to like make that work in my head. Yeah. In this movie it's just a walking vagina mouth. It, yeah, it's all over the place. And then it's over. <laughs> Well, oh no! Well, hero guy shows up with the with the flamethrower, and then she throws the grenade in its mouth, and then they're like, "We gotta run!" And then they they run. The monster explodes. The Tetris game ends, and they get out. I think they get out, and, and it, they get to the truck, and then oh right, right, he's right. in the driver's seat, and she's like, "You know how I knew it was you?" And he's like, "How? Because of your earring." And he reaches for his ear, but it's the wrong ear. And she's like, it was on your right ear. Yeah. And then he starts freaking out like in a totally appropriate manner. True. (laughs) And I think she's in, I think she's in the right to do this. Oh yeah. I don't blame her at all, but I don't think I could have the absolute confidence to do it. But why didn't he just jump out of the truck? (laughs) You know, like he's got the door open behind him and he's just kind of like, Kate, no, no, Kate, no. And And then then she she shoots him, torches him. 
and it makes like an alien noise, but they never show like the tentacles come out of it to show like it was really him. And I, I wonder if that was on purpose to make you wonder if she actually just committed murder or uh, really killed the alien I don't or if so. she is the alien. I, I think um, no. I think you're just supposed to go, oh, yeah, he's the alien. So she killed him. Yeah. And under some weird triumphant music. And then the movie just ends. ends. Done. Over. It's Except over. for apparently in the end scene. So tell me about those. Right. So the credits start and it says like directed by who's it produced by who's it. And then it cuts to this helicopter that's landing. And it's the helicopter from the beginning of the Kurt Russell thing. Uh-huh. And it lands and this dude gets out of the helicopter. And I don't know who this guy is. I do not remember him from the beginning of the movie. But he gets out and he's like, oh, shit, something terrible happened here. Everything's on fire. There's some sort of two headed monster on fire in front of me is anybody here hello and then someone starts shooting from a building and now this is all done in like quick segments like maybe they're like five to ten seconds long and then it'll cut back to credits uh and then it'll jump back i thought it was that dude lars the guy who can't talk he's got like this sniper rifle and he like runs out after shooting at this guy and the guy's like it's me it's mike it's, yeah, don't shoot me. We're friends. You you remember me? I I have this helicopter that's important in the next movie somehow. And he's like, oh okay. And then this dog, the dog from the first the thing, or the dog that was on this the the, the, the dog, the dog runs out uh-huh. out of like this hole in the ground and just starts taking off. And the guy with the sniper rifle just starts saying, we got to kill that dog. It's not a dog. It's a it's an alien or something. And so then th- they take off after it and they're like shooting at it. Oh, OK. And like that's that's your lead into the thing. OK. So, yeah, I guess it has to be one of the people that was there to be able to say like, OK, that's not really a dog. Right. But it yeah. just seems like such a back ass way of falling into the the movie. Yeah. Because when it ends at the spaceship, I'm like, how does this start with the next movie? What is supposed to happen between here and there? And why would it turn into the dog now? Why didn't it just turn into a person when this guy came out of the build, came out of the helicopter to be like, oh, thank God, I'm the only survivor. Well, I think the mechanics like of this is that inside of the monster, it's like a and d thing. Inside of the monster is a 20-sided die. And when it rolls it, it that determines how long it takes to transform. And so it already was a dog so that it could stay warm because it's got fur. And then when they showed up, it was like, huh, should I risk it and try turning into a human? Nah, because if I roll like an 18 and it takes me 18 minutes to transform, that's going to be too long. I better just stay a dog. (laughs) Well, that makes any kind of a sense. (laughs) So, Nick, what was the best part of The Thing 2011? Ah, the best part was when Carrie always gets laid on top of by that thing. I was like, this is my favorite part of this movie. (laughs) I have, as my one good note, the replication of the set design from the first one. Even though if this is a prequel, it shouldn't have the same set. (laughs) (laughs) They do talk about that on the IMDb trivia. Uh They say they had meticulous screenshots from the first movie because I guess there were no construction plans from the original set uh-huh. of when Kurt Russell goes to the Norwegian camp. They, they uh, spent a, okay. lot of, a lot of effort trying to make it on look like that trying thing. to make it look the way it did which is why like apparently this director had nothing but studio interference with this movie but there's a couple pretty good articles uh that you can find where he's just complaining and he like quits making american films for like 10 years apparently he's only now just started doing movies again in nor 
Norwegia, Nor- Norway, Norwegian, Norway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up in Norwegian. And so kind of feel for him where like this movie was just totally taken from him. He made his director's cut of the movie and then the studio came in and said, no, nah, this is crap. We're going to take out all of these practical effects and put in digital effects. We're going to change the ending. We're going to do all kinds of reshoots. It's like the movie got delayed six months so that they could do all this stuff. So gotcha. like the director said that the making of the movie, I'm paraphrasing greatly here, but I think he says it wasn't going to end up being a good movie, but what we had was, was better than what you got. Matt. It's time for our movie rankings list, or... 515. Hit the theme! 515. There, it's it's got a theme song now. Wow, I can't believe there's an even even more new instrument this week. After last week's remix slash cymbal sound that got added. (laughs) I did that today. (laughs) (laughs) It took me just as long. I couldn't figure out how to export. So this is where we rank the movies we've seen. And up first, Matt is going to guess what I'm going to give my overall score for The Thing to Be. I'm guessing a two. Long sentence. A two. Okay. Plot for this movie. The plot isn't bad. It's kind of interesting. It's executed really poorly. I'm going to give it a three for plot. It's kind of interesting. And I think that might just be because it's the exact same movie as the movie I already like. Makes sense. Acting for this, I'm going to give the acting a two. It's kind of atrocious. A two, I feel like, is is being generous. Yeah. Pacing the first half of the movie feels paced like a pretty decent horror movie and the second half just turns into this slasher movie that is all over the place it's it's a total train wreck i'm gonna give pacing a one aesthetics it looks like it's 1982 everything looks great the movie looks good except for the special effects which are awful which is gonna be a huge detriment absolutely the sound was pretty good but then like the music is completely inappropriate one thing worth noticing with the sound is if you if you bother watching this piece of crap when they get to the spaceship it runs on godzilla power because it's like it's like wait oh my gosh what's about to happen I was like, oh, Godzilla's about to breathe neon fire. Anyway, sorry, Nick, enjoyment. You're absolutely right. I didn't catch that at all, and now I can totally hear it. Aesthetic. I'm going to give it a two for aesthetic. Enjoyment. Had we been watching this movie together, I think I would have had a really good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, making a lot of a lot of jokes. But having had watched it alone and over the, the course of a day, like having to dance around my family because I don't think my kids would want to see the monster, I'm going to have to give this a one and a half for enjoyment. I did not have a good time watching it i had fun talking about it like during this show but for the most part womp womp yeah that brings my score to be a 1.9 so you're right on with it all right all right right, now it's your turn i think you are going to give this movie a one and a half all right which as Uh, i say that out loud sounds generous 
<laughs> story, I'm not going to give it really anything for story or plot because it took something that already existed and did it worse. So it doesn't get any credit for coming up with it. And then it doesn't get any credit for doing a good job with it either. So I'm going to give it a 0.5 for story. Um, wow. I mean, it, it just it went backwards. And I know that happens a lot, but it shouldn't. Acting was poor. It was just really just like not engaging at all. Nobody was interesting. Some of it was the writing. The characters weren't interesting, but the performances weren't any good either. I want Mary Elizabeth Winstead to be good, but she didn't do anything in this movie. If you want to see her in something good, see 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'd give the acting a one and a half. Pacing sucked because the movie was bad. If the movie was done well, it could have probably followed a generally the same track and gotten a higher score, but I'm giving the pacing a one and a half. I I did not care for the aesthetics much. I couldn't really tell that it was the 80s. And I mean, I don't think like a ice setting would change that much from then to now. You know, snow clothes probably look the same. So nothing made me feel like it was the 80s. And it looks, you know, it looks new other than the CGI. And then the CGI was terrible. So I'm giving the aesthetics a one and a half. And then the enjoyment was pretty low. There were a couple things I enjoyed a little bit. I liked the teeth thing as you know the uh, the fillings mm-hmm. and maybe one or two other things so i'll give the enjoyment oh yeah no the only other thing was the set i'll give the enjoyment a one well that brings your score to be a 1.2 all right which just squeaks by cirque de freak cirque de freak remains at your bottom <laughs> oh good because this was better 1. than cirque de freak <laughs> all right wow that's didn't you say mary elizabeth winstead is in gemini man too yes or not the sequel that I'm sure is coming, but also she's in uh, two of your three bottom movies. Okay, if you would like to see our list, head on over to thisweekinfilm.com. There you will find a link to our letterbox page, which keeps our lists nice and tidy. Also on thisweekinfilm.com, you'll see a link to something called Midwest Matt Recommends. Matt, what do you recommend this week? Oh, well, if you're interested in all the stuff that's going on, discussion about different training for police and defunding police and stuff like that. And I feel like you really don't know anything about what's going on with police and like how they're trained and stuff. Not that all police people go through this training, but there's an episode of Behind the Bastards um, last week called The Man Who Teaches Our Cops to Kill. And it's all about this guy, David Grossman, who developed quote unquote killology and has trained more cops in the country than anybody else. And basically how he teaches them to think that everybody is their enemy and that all they can do is try to keep themselves alive. So if they have to kill other people, then so be it. And so check that episode out if you are interested in that particular aspect of police training. That Grossman guy was featured on last week tonight, last night. Oh, well, there you go. Interesting. If you would like to send us a message and tell us what you saw this week in film, send us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com or contact us on many of the various social networks. You can find links to that at thisweekinfilm.com, our website. Oh, the big ticket got in touch with us, Matt, because oh, yeah. because when you slammed him last week. Um, <laughs> and what did he say? He said, crap person, I take offense. Tell Midwest Matt that he's more of a garbage person. So, I'm a garbage person or that Kevin's no, a garbage that, person? No, that Kevin's a garbage person, not so much uh, a crap person. And Sorry we got that, that wrong. 
And I forgot until I just looked at this text that aren't we not supposed to call you Midwest Matt anymore? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to find a, a new name for me. Yeah. And then finally... <laughs> you fan- listeners, send us names. <laughs> Tell us what uh, my name should be. Friend of the show and previous guest on the show or co-host on the show, Dan Moran, he made some fan art for us. Some He made a cool t-shirt that features a quote from what he said when he was on the show about a bathtub being full of books can never be full of you but it's got our name on the back of it and then there's a picture of him smiling that was really cool so thanks a lot dan we'll have to have thanks, you dan. on the show again sometime soon because that would be fun but matt i guess if that's the end of the reel i'm, I'm back to this we'll see you <laughs> next week in film and remember judge movies not people